0: All right. Welcome back to this episode of Downtime Talks. And thank you so much for tuning in on this show. I'm speaking with guests from around the world on the topic, the trending topics of innovation, ideas and new ways to eliminate downtime in construction. I'm Soren Brogaard, the CEO here at TrackUnit. And it's my pleasure today to welcome Holger Peach to the Downtime Talk today. A warm welcome, Holger.
1: Thank you very much. Good to meet you, sir.
0: Let's uh, let's give our audience a quick intro to yourself because you come both with uh, you come with a long experience. You are active in your day job at Hexagon, but you're also a, a member and uh, plays an active role in the CCE. If you don't mind, just give us a brief intro to both of your roles, please.
1: Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Um, look, CCE uh, obviously is is the organization. Um, in charge of representing all of the construction equipment manufacturer in Brussels. So a lot of legislation, regulation um, is being reviewed with that body on behalf of the industry. And within that, you know, I am chair of the digital task force, which basically allows representatives of the industry discuss any topics around um, digital digitality in that, uh, in that space. That can mean, you know, what's going to happen in terms of uh, regulation around data, cybersecurity, and other topics. So that is uh, one role that I fill. Um, more honorary, but uh, you know, like what allows me to kind of put food on the table is is my role with Hexagon Leica Geosystems, where I'm the VP of uh, marketing and heavy construction. And obviously Hexagon Leica Geosystems is a company that, uh, covers a variety of uh, areas in the construction space with technology that goes from surveying technology for topography into a design technology to actually design and estimate uh, volumes for infrastructure you're about to build. A key piece then is machine control technology that then takes these designs and increasingly autonomously uh, builds the infrastructure. All the way to then monitoring the infrastructure in terms of its condition. Um, Very good. So that be it. That'll be it.
0: Hey, I, I couldn't think about a better person to have on this show here today with uh, deep industry knowledge and also someone who is looking after all of us uh, when it comes to uh, finding the balance between legislation and sort of business goals and objectives throughout the industry. I would actually be curious to know uh, in your if you put on your CECE CEC hat what what is the uh, what is the ongoing uh, legislation that is on top of mind and uh, in, in, in your role as chair for the digital task force right now look I'm,
1: I'm not a lawyer by trade right but I think a few things that are interesting is to what degree um, you know there is legislation coming along in regards to to what degree uh, technology is resilient to cyber attacks of all sorts of uh, kinds, you know, that unfortunately continues to be on the forefront um, of everybody's concerns because equipment needs to be safe. Operations need to make sure that people get home safe at the end of Mm -hmm. the day, be it physical or digital as a source of problem. And then the other thing is, I think... um, Given, I think, what has been very interesting and sometimes leading legislation in the B2C space in terms of our rights being uh, protected as a consumer, you know, and two degree generator of data as individuals in our daily consumer life, you know, um, Brussels is now thinking about copy pasting some of these things into uh, B2B space.
0: Okay. And it's not as
1: easy, you know. Um, you know that, like a lot of his data is being generated not just by people clicking mm-hmm. on the internet, but very heavy investments in terms of sensors, algorithms, technologies, and so you can't just copy paste that over to a free for all business model as you might find for yeah. um, Google or others. Yeah. So, so I think the the intent is good. I think there's a lot to be gained. I think. Um, Everybody can benefit from data being more interoperable, but it needs to be set in the right uh, perspective for you know what makes sense for uh, customers, users, providers, um,
0: and uh, other uh, players in that space. Hey, I salute uh, you guys for all the great work you are you're doing, and uh, if you want to follow along uh, the work the research you also you guys also do extensive amount of research um, we will will pu- we'll put the the URL and your newsletter how to subscribe to that into our show notes but there's a wealth of good resources that, that comes out uh, this way so thank you for your service I should say on behalf of all of us
1: well I think the CC is really organization it gives the most credit here but um, for anybody in the industry you're right it's a it's a good way um, to keep
0: yourself up to speed. So um, let's let's dive in here to the topic of downtime. And let's just start by giving your perspective on what downtime means to you.
1: So, uh, yeah, good question. You know, I think uh, traditionally I would have seen downtime is bad, uptime is good. So, you know, anything that drives down plan be unplanned repairs. Overcapacity, idle time. I think I would fit into that category, putting my uh, machine head on, right? Yeah. But uh, increasing, I think about downtime being a subcategory of uh, waste. Um, and then you know the opposite is not uptime anymore. I think the opposite is um, sustainable productivity. Mm-hmm. And so if if you think of waste and being the bad guy, um, you know, you can actually have uptime that is not particularly sustainable, productive uh, too. You know, there are many applications where you might be better off doing them differently, uh, you know, approaching them differently. And just the fact that um, a piece of equipment or some resource is actively working doesn't mean that it's used in the best way. And, Maybe even the quality of what it produces might be a subpar. Could
0: you bring a, an example to light? I think it's an excellent point, by the way. What, what would be a good example where it becomes a, 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 more of a sustainable um, uh, approach to removing waste?
1: Well, you know, like, I mean, anybody who is into lean construction or who has a little bit of a Six Sigma background probably has heard about these eight ways. I pick one here that is over processing. Mm. You can use a compactor and run eight times over the same piece of uh, ground. Um, yeah, the machine is operating right. There's no downtime. It might do this actually with hundred percent time utilization. Mm. But maybe you could have finished after compacting the ground four times, mm. and and then you have a diminishing return on. How many more times do you want to compact that piece of ground? And so I think there are a number of areas now where you actually then need to have the machine knowledge as well as the material knowledge to find that optimal trade-off. Um, and so that's just one example. You can think of over transportation, uh, you know, wrong volumes, wrong distances at the same time, but I think to make the point, this is probably a
0: good example. Right, that's great. And are we are we seeing progress made in finding that ideal processing time that gets the job done at a optimal cost? Um, is, is that is that are you seeing the technology available to do that today? Or we? Is it a technology <laughs> issue or more of a human behavioral strategy business priority issue?
1: Well, it's a good question. I wish there was an easy answer to this, right? <laughs> Um, no, I think it's a trade-off. And I think the, the, the important thing is to get the information for somebody to make a conscious trade-off. You know, do you want it fast? Do you want it cheap? Do you want it well done? Uh, or do you want to minimize your carbon footprint? And, mm-hmm. and I think for all of those, you need to have a data at hand. Um, I think it's extremely important to have data around the machine condition, you know, machine health operations in this space. But you also need to have data around, you know, what is the actual condition of the material, uh, the infrastructure, the site that you are actually operating. in. And I think if you bring both of those together, Mm -hmm. uh, then you should be able to kind of make some of these decisions. And sometimes you might be better off um, being fast. Sometimes you might be better off... um, mean you know, over-processing or being at 110% of, of specs. Um, mm. The important thing is to have all the information available so you can make the best decision at that point in time.
0: And if you were to, uh, maybe you already have this number, we, we haven't prepped this question, but if I were to ask you what your assessment would be of the industry as a whole, uh, its maturity towards, uh, you know, both defining, assessing and implementing whatever that balance should be, fast, uh, quality, uh, value, where would you put the maturity of that balancing act of processing?
1: Look, I think, you know, one key technology here is, for example, machine control solutions, right, Mm -hmm. which now, as you look at the industry, you look at graders, um, you know, we're close to 100 percent adoption because you know the optimal way to run a grader is machine control assistant so you don't yeah. overcut you don't move more material than you need to and you don't move it further than you need to yeah um, so I think that that is an application that really minimizes the input uh, you need into a given output yes. uh, you have a, a fairly high adoption with uh, with dozers a little bit lower with excavators which tends to have actually a higher variety of applications. Um, So I would say, you know, from a product point of view, that changes. We see changes also geographically. You know, there's higher adoption rates typically. uh, Let's say uh, Scandinavia has very high adoption rates for machine control systems. We find less uh, in the south. It depends on regulation Um, and it uh, depends a little bit uh, you know, on the actual entrepreneurialism and vision of, of even somebody who
0: runs a, a construction business. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So if, if we were to uh, focus in our conversation here on, on emissions and how we track emissions both on job sites for machines and deeper down into the value chain, What's your assessment of our industry's ability to do that today? And 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 what do you think are some of the steps ahead of us that one should focus on?
1: So I, I think what's been fantastic is, is uh, the growth, let's say, of, um, you know, telematic systems that allow people to get a really good understanding of, you know, where is my equipment operating? Is it operating? And when it operates, you know, um, how much fuel is being consumed, right? So in terms mm-hmm. of measuring the input, uh, that's been fantastic. And it gives a lot of people now the tools to, to reduce, you know, some of the, the factors that, that, uh, that make for non-utilization or bad utilization or downtime, right? Mm-hmm. That definitely has a carbon footprint. Um, I think at the same time, though, uh, there, there is also continues to be a very large amount of um, rework. That needs to happen uh, in the construction industry. Rework in terms of defects, you know, uh, mm-hmm. moving too much dirt, uh, cutting a trench too deep or off uh, where it needs to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, avoiding some of these uh, defects now becomes a question on how does machine interact with its environment? And I think in that space, um, I see great opportunity. You just mm. produce, uh, improve the quality of output along with that, obviously, you know, the footprint, uh, the carbon footprint, you know, created by that equipment.
0: And is that something you are looking at at a site level or more of as a, at a job level? Where, where, where's, where's your head at when you, when you think about this?
1: Well, uh, both, 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 right? It can go down all the way to, you know, one bucket load of dirt being moved the optimal way towards how that then interacts with the truck waiting for the bucket load of dirt and the two yeah. sinking uh, with optimal coordination and capacity and then you can increasingly scale that over more machines you know and go from from the actual application to the site um, to the enterprise you
0: know? yeah yeah if you if you look at the complete the uh, sort of construction footprint. It is, this is really when we are painting with the, the widest brush possible and you compare construction to other industries. Um, I mean, we know we have challenges, but we certainly also have a lot of things that are going really well. What's your, uh, what's your assessment of the construction industry's ability to do true carbon footprint? Uh, for projects and job sites, um, and and where would you where would you put us in, in terms of uh, maturity uh, compared to other industries?
1: No, it's uh, that's a very good question, sorry. Um So so I think there are industries which which make it a little bit easier. You take manufacturing. Uh, manufacturing is driven by two drivers that are you know they are very repetitive tasks. And the outcome of each task is independent from one another. So in other words, an iPhone that drops off the assembly line is not influenced by the previous iPhone nor from the iPhone before, right? Mm-hmm. And, when you, and when you have these models, you, know, you basically generate outcomes in the form of a, of a bell curve. And you can very clearly measure and estimate where you want to end up. Um, construction doesn't have a benefit, right? It's not repetitive and And uh, you know job a has a very big impact on job B and job three so mm-hmm. as a result you know um, a standard way of how do you measure it all is is very difficult to achieve and not necessary with the same methodologies as manufacturing so that being said you know the variety of outcomes is a lot higher and as a result also the um, the uh, the chances that your carbon footprint is not what it should be right mm. Um, mm. so I think the construction industry from that point of view is is a great place for opportunity to improve things mm. uh, with new technologies with new solutions but it's definitely lagging behind compared to under other industries which just have more repetitive outcomes which tend to be a lot easier to measure
0: is, is in your experience um, you know, what is what is being done right now? What are some of the, the research or examples that, that you were looking at where we can see a path, even though we can't standardize it, even though it's highly unique per job site? What What is what is being done uh, to give our readers a, a feel for maybe some research or uh, innovation that is happening in this space so we can get a little closer to, to real emissions in construction, despite the tricky general- job.
1: No, 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 of course. I think, you know, there's a fair amount of literature out there in terms of where people have controlled experiments, you know, where you build a road, let's say, in an analog way and in a digital way, and then you can compare this to a degree. Mm. Um, They tend to be um, very specific because nobody wants to build 10 kilometers of road the wrong way just to prove that they did it wrong, right? but there is some literature out there, I think, from from uh, some manufacturers, as well as ourselves. And so, normally what we find is, yes, uh, obviously, if you know exactly how to move the right third right, mm-hmm. uh, you eliminate some of these defects, you have the planning of material and volumes, mm-hmm. um, you have a clear idea to, hey, do I use my material on site or do I import export? Um, so we, we do find a lot of elimination of these factors that um, lead to the overconsumption of resources. And so, you know, improvements of 20%, 30% are not unheard of in terms of uh, machine utilization, material utilization. Um, obviously, there's hundred ways to do it wrong, right? If you do a hundred things wrong, then d- doing it yeah. the right ones, you have better gains than if you do just three or four
0: things. And, and when it comes to uh, scope one scope two scope three and our listeners sort of uh, ap- appetite for 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 engaging what would be if, if you are a con- if you are a contractor and you are uh, being forced by legislation or a multi policy to do a site level reporting um what is sort of step one two and three uh, that you gotta Get your arms around just a little bit of a beginner's guide for those who are not that sophisticated.
1: Oof, you know, I th- I think that the first thing I would look at in terms of uh, minimizing the footprint is only only move the dirt once. You know, as a golden rule in the industry, and so the more you move dirt around on your job site, on and off your job site, you know, the more uh, you be inefficient, it'll be costly, it takes more time but also it's less sustainable, right? right. So, so just get it right the first time. I think there is an important element here. And then the second one is, okay, get yourself to the measurement technologies, which some of them now have come down from surveying technologies, but they're a lot more democratized. So anybody can do basic measurements now in terms of volumes and topography on a job site. Mm-hmm. So that gives you very good understanding in terms of where you stand against your plan very quick feedback loops, which I think are important for any improvement. Mm. And then the third one is obviously leverage some of these machine technologies that now make sure that you just do exactly what you have planned to do, uh, that your operators you know, are assisted to kind of have all the information in real time on site on the machine to know uh, where they're at. And I think if you have uh, these three well-defined, well-implemented, you're probably already playing the First or second uh, quartile in the industry. Very good,
0: very very concrete. Um, I think that goes uh, that goes a long way, uh, Holger. If people want to follow your line of work or the, the work from Hexagon, where, where where would they where should they go?
1: Oh, well, we have a very heavy social media presence. I think um, if you look up anything on Leica Geosystems, um, which is the brand under which we uh, take most of these construction technologies to market. So Leica Geosystems would be a good place. And then obviously, if you want to see the entire portfolio we have for heavy construction as Hexagon, there's a there is a, there's a good channel on LinkedIn called Hexagon's Heavy Construction Solutions. Um, where you where you can find out what what um so I happen to have part of that, and what I really like in this area is we put a lot of focus on customer testimonials, so mm. it's really not us telling the story we we try to find customers telling us the story you know what have they right. done, how have they improved whatever they were doing. Hey,
0: I think that uh, summarized it uh, super nicely. I, I want to thank you for your, for your time, for your insights, and very practical uh, guidance and good advice uh, for our beloved friends in, in, in construction and contractors, but also for everyone else providing uh, equipment and technology into the industry. Thank you so much for, for your time and for everyone else who have been listening in. That's it for this time. I hope you have enjoyed the show, please. Join us again for our next episode on how to eliminate downtime. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you.